Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Robbie Motter, the host of Diva Strategies for Success, where each Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, I bring you a dynamic guest. Today's guest is exciting and has done fabulous things. She is an award-winning author. Her name is Julie Austin, and she's an award-winning author, inventor, and a multiple business owner. Her patent product, Swiggies, which are wrist water bottles, have been uh, a NASDAQ product of the year, semi-finalist, and currently sold in 24 countries. She's appeared on ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox News, and the Wall Street Journal, along with dozens of TV shows, magazines, and radio shows around the world. She's a go-to business expert, keynote speaker, and seminar leader in the fields of innovation and creativity. Her new book, The Money Garden, How to Plant the Seeds for a Lifetime of Income, is currently available on Amazon.com. Julie comes from a background in the TV and film industry and has had jobs as diverse as commercial actor, TV host to TV film distributor and writer. She has some incredible websites. They are www.createforcash.com, www.speakersponsor.com, www.indiesponsor.com, www.creativeinnovationgroup.com, www.swiggies, and that's S-W-I-G-G-I-E-S.com, www.funjobfairs.com and www.abbottandkline.com and then the last one is www.sponsorshipevents.com Today we're going to talk about sponsorship for speakers and artists inventing, running multiple businesses which she is an expert in and, and a lot of other things so I'd like to welcome you Julie to the show today Thank you Robbie but so happy to I'm, have I'm you. tired of hearing that whole list. It's like it sounds exhausting. <laughs> it really no, is. But uh, <laughs> you must be a time management expert to balance all that, because you run or not so many sleep. businesses. <laughs> That's true. You run so many businesses. Which one did you start with? I started with Swiggies, and that is the product. That's the wrist water bottle, the invention. And um, honestly, it was the hardest business I could have possibly started with, something that's brand new to the market, no one's ever heard of it, never existed before, and it's a product. So I would probably not do it that way if I had it to do over again. I would start with something a little easier, but, you know, I, I started that one. I figured if I can run an international manufacturing business, which I knew nothing about, I could probably do anything. <laughs> How did you come up with the idea for Swiggies? I was actually in Texas in the heat in August, and I was running out in the back country roads, and I passed out from dehydration. Luckily, wow. someone found me, and um, I realized, you know, this is probably not a good idea to run without water. And you know, I was running with my music and keys, and I just didn't have anywhere to carry it, so it just seemed a logical place to have water is on your wrist where it's accessible. Um, but nothing existed like that, so I came up with it myself. And, and you don't have, you never had a background, never, did you ever think of yourself as an inventor? 
I did. Um, you know, when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, I came up uh, with an idea for a product. Uh, it was actually a, it was colored zinc oxide. And I thought it was a great idea, and I made a prototype of it and, you know, took it around to everybody I knew, and they went, oh, that's cute, kid. You know, that's a cute little idea. And that's about as far as it went, and I just didn't have the money or any knowledge at all about how to be an inventor. So I didn't do it. Many years later, someone else did and made a fortune. So I said, that's never going to happen again. That's true. Run with your idea. After yeah. you invent, I want to go back and ask you. After you invented Swiggies, what? How did you know what the steps were to take to do what you did to make it the bestseller and get honored and all of that stuff? That's a very good question. Um, since I had no money, no mentors, no venture capital, you know, I had no knowledge about how to manufacture anything or what to do. I just basically used common sense and said, okay, I guess if I'm going to have a product, then I have to make some kind of prototype so I can go and get a mold made. And I literally made it out of clay, the first one. If you saw <laughs> the uh, the clay prototype, it was very silly looking. Um, you know, weighed a ton, <laughs> but at least it was a, a way to show a mold maker, here's what I'm you know, planning to do, and this is what I want it to look like. I don't know if it's going to work, but here's what it's supposed to look like, and that's how I started. Hmm. Then, then you wrote a book called The Money Garden. What? Why did you write it, and what is it really all about? I wrote The Money Garden. I, along the way, I was taking notes about what I learned in the process of inventing a product and starting a business, which I really didn't want to do, but I, I had to do it all myself. So my friends were saying, you know, you have a lot of valuable information that would help save people a lot of time and money. And I really didn't do anything with it until the economy tanked and, you know, the retail market just, you know, swiggies were a it – it was a, an impulse item. Even though it's only a $13 product, you know, for a long time, people have been hunkering down and just not doing anything, not spending any money. And so, and it wasn't just in this country. It, um, a lot of my distributors were in Europe, and a lot of them went out of business. So I had to do something else. And that's when I took all that information, all those files out, and said, you know what, now's the time to put this together and start writing a book about how I created you know, um, a business and then started creating and running other businesses. Can most people really run that many businesses? If they are businesses that don't take a lot of uh, capital, um, including human capital. So, you know, a lot of my businesses are online, and some of them kind of run themselves, I guess. So I got Swiggies to the point where I have distributors out there who run their own business. So they just place an order. I you know, get the factory to ship it to them, and basically I'm kind of a ringleader. So I don't have to do it full-time like mm-hmm. I used to in the very beginning. Do you, find, do you set up like 
you have like a time management system where you say, okay, I'm going to work this many hours on business one, business two, whatever? Or how do you manage all of them? Well, that's a good question because I have um, about seven blogs that I keep up. And yesterday I just wanted to see what would happen if I would take 12 hours and, you know, go through every single blog and, you know, write the blog post, do the social media, do everything, you know, the search engine optimization and everything. It took about three hours for each one, um, and I did four of them. So that's the first time I've actually sat down and, and added up how much time I'm spending on each business. And, you know, I, I'm not going to do that every single day, but just to see how long it would take. How did you become so proficient in online marketing and doing all the things you're doing online, with the blogging and the social media and, uh, uh, you know, search engine optimization and all of that? Pure necessity. I used to have three employees, and mostly what they were doing were sales anyway. So, um, And we were focusing on retail and wholesale. And really, I hadn't done that much online selling, which is probably what I should have been doing in the first place. So, I mean, when you start making money, you kind of, you know, you know, invested in things like advertising and trade shows. And, you know, I really should have done the opposite. I should have been, you know, started with the grassroots, creative things that I'm doing now in the beginning and saved my cash flow. Right. I see you're also a speaker. How did you transition from being a writer to being a speaker? It all kind of... Um, was part of that, you know, here's the experience that I've, you know, accumulated all of these years of learning the hard way, you know, the the big learning curve. And being an inventor, an innovator, I speak on the topics of creativity and innovation, and having a background in the entertainment industry from uh, uh, public relations to TV and film distribution and development, I speak on the topic of storytelling, business storytelling. So it kind of was just one more business that I added to my list. Mm, that is really good. Being an actor, coming from an acting background, it's not that big of a stretch. Right. What is, uh, what is Speaker Sponsor and Indie Sponsor? Speaker Sponsor and Indie Sponsor came about because I was working as a speaker, and so often I would hear meeting planners say that they didn't have the money in the budget to pay speakers. And, you know, I just figured there had to be a way around that. And I said, well, look, what if, because I don't speak for free, so what if I get my own sponsor? Then you don't have to do that. You don't have to pay me. My sponsor will pay me. They'll pay my fee and we'll work it out between us. And it worked. And I've done that several times. And um... <laughs> and, and, and I'm listening to you. <laughs> trying, to, trying to turn off the other phone. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and, and then what is the indie yeah. one? Uh, and so, so I just thought that there, because I could do it myself, I could do it for other people. 
And indie sponsor is basically the same thing, only for artists. So I'm connecting small businesses with speakers and artists for grassroots marketing. Oh, wow. Gosh, I know a lot of people that might want to talk to you. Um, and on the, the speaker sponsor, do you have a fee you charge the, the, the people that are speakers that you work with? I do. It's only $9 a month. And, oh. you know, it's, that's not a lot. Um, but what they get is a profile page. I'm actively every single day, you know, contacting the sponsors in general. Not, I don't do it for individual speakers trying to get them sponsorships. It's to, to drive the traffic to the site. It's like, here are my speakers, here are my artists. You know, get together and, and um, see what they have to offer, what opportunities they have, and creatively come up with some grassroots events and ideas to benefit both of you. Oh, that sounds really, that's a really great idea. Because the, um, the businesses usually don't have, it, it's like, it, it, as I'm saying this out loud, it's, it just occurs to me, the business owners usually have the business hat on. They're usually not the very creative people, but the artists don't have the business hat. They have the creative side. So that's right. why I'm trying to get the two together. Uh-huh. I think that's great. Do you think it's a good idea for a small business to sponsor speakers and artists, and why? I think it's fantastic. Um, it, you know, I put together a sponsorship event, and as I was looking up examples, there I found very, very few of them where small businesses did these unique, incredible grassroots marketing, you know, um, kind of things where you involve the community. And, you know, I was looking at a um, an article yesterday on the death of brick-and-mortar stores and the death of the mom-and-pop business, and it really made me very sad. Right, Because you know, I, I grew up in a small mom-and-pop business. My grandmother ran a little country store, so that's where I literally grew up. And to see that they're struggling and going out of business just you know and it's only going to be big corporations or everything is online kind of takes the fun out of it and the you know shop local kind of element to it and so i really would like to see um a way to to help you know community small local businesses survive and thrive that is great um, I notice you have a unique spin on your PR and marketing business. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, I think because I, I do PR, and I've done PR for some celebrities and big corporations, and it's always just been PR. I think these days you have to diversify a little, or at least I chose to, and because I learned all of the search engine optimization and on top of the PR and the sponsorship, I combined all of those into one business. So, for example, I do a lot of work with um, indie film producers and indie television um, you know, artists, small businesses, and helping them get sponsorship on top of doing the marketing and the publicity. And it all kind of ties together. 
Just yeah, added value. <laughs> right. Do you think sponsorship is the wave of the future? I really, really do. I think you know, sponsorship is a way for a brand to get in front of a target audience. So, you know, there's niche marketing, which everyone talks about, and there's, you know, broad marketing, which is, you know, you turn on the TV and you see broadcast television. You, you know, you're broadcasting to everyone. But the sponsorship is about, um, or local sponsorship, small business, like what I'm doing, is much more about that targeted niche. So you're not wasting any advertising dollars on people who aren't interested you know, if you sell a baby product and you have a TV commercial, you know, there are going to be a lot of people watching that commercial who aren't even interested in baby products. But with um, right. local sponsorship and niche marketing, that audience is only interested in that. So you are, you know, very, it's very targeted marketing. Um, the One of the things I know is, in fact, I just had a conversation with a woman yesterday who's doing a fashion show, and I said, you need to look at, you know, and apparently the fashions are going to appeal more to the younger market. And I said, you know, and it ties back into what you just said. I said, you need to look what types of people would be interested in this age group. You know, what kind of companies, what kind of vendors. That it's not just broad marketing to everybody. It's just like you said, if you put it on television and it's a baby product, not everybody's going to want to see a baby product. So you have to really know who is the market you're trying to reach and then think outside the box and figure out who these companies may be. Do you agree with that? Or I do. do. Other- I mean, you know, a, you know, a big corporation has that kind of money that they can throw out the window, you know. They can spend millions of dollars, and if they reach everybody, fine. It does, you know. They have that kind of money in a budget. Small businesses don't, and they have to watch every penny. So, right. I think you know, um, and and I think it's a fallacy to think you're going to reach everybody. I'm going to sell to everybody. They're you're not. not. <laughs> you I will. totally agree with you. <laughs> That just doesn't work that way. Tell me a little bit about some of your different websites. What what are they? What do they? What is like the create? Let's go through them. Tell us. Tell people what's what are, what's there, so they know where to go for what they're looking for. Um, create for cash is, you know, it started out as me blogging about the entrepreneur's journey, and I literally started Swiggies with five dollars and a no. lot of clay. I had a clay model. I had $5. I went in and I bought some art supplies. I bought some clay and a few things, and I made my mold from that or my prototype from that. That's really where I started. I mean, I had nothing (laughs) when I started out, and I just had to slowly build up, and I just call it pyramid up. You know, I saved enough to get a little bit of inventory. Then I sold it. I got a little bit more and sold it, and and just kind of did it that way. That's why it took so long. But I realized I have a huge amount of information for people who have never run a business and even for people who have never invented a product, and there's just so much to know. And so Create for Cash is basically it's creative marketing for the bootstrapping entrepreneur. There's nothing about 
you know, mm-hmm. Fortune 500 companies. It's the little guy who just wants to create something and make money from it. Right. And then the speaker sponsor one is the one where speakers who would like to connect with you to help have you help them get sponsors. Is that what that one is about? Right. That speaker sponsor is an online directory and it's um you know, it's it's where speakers put their information, their speaking opportunities and the sponsors are the ones who go in and and look through it to see if anything connects with them. So I don't get in the middle of any transaction. It's basically I'll help them put together their profile, and then I help the sponsor, you know, connect with uh, speakers and artists. Okay, and then indie sponsor, that's the ones that are the artists, right? Right. Or what is and, and it's all kinds of art. I mean, there, everything has been sponsored. You know, photography exhibits have been sponsored. In fact, there was one recently that was sponsored by Ford, I believe. Um, and, you know, uh, plays. My fir- In fact, my first sponsorship was a six-week run of a play, and I got $60,000 from one wow. small small business. So just because they're small doesn't mean they don't have money. Right. Wow. I I have a lot of places i got to send your websites to, (laughs) some of my members that can certainly use you. Creativeinnovationgroup.com. Now, what is that? That's my speaking site, and it's also I have a blog on creativity and innovation. Do you um, send your if people wanted to get your blog? Do they sign up for it, or what is the? How does that work? On Create for Cash, or you just, or you, or you just on Create for Cash, uh huh? I'd have one on a newsletter on Create for Cash, speaker sponsor, and indie sponsor. Okay, and they just uh, speakers news. I'm writing notes down, and and indie sponsor. Okay, and the swiggies is where they can look and order those swiggies that are the water bottles that they put on their. Hands, right? Uh huh. Yes. Okay. And what's fun job fairs? Fun job fairs started because uh, I was volunteering for job fairs, and what I found was that you know thousands of people, hundreds of people would show up for these things, and they literally had maybe a minute to talk to the HR people, and my job at one of them. <laughs> was to push people through at the one-minute mark. So I would go behind them on, and put my hand on their back and go, okay, next, next, next. And, and it became like an assembly line. And as I watched people in the event, I watched the HR people, and I saw people crying in the parking lot. It was just so, it was so depressing. Um, I thought there just had to be a better way to do this. And so I flipped it around. Instead of charging the uh, the uh, HR people, the corporations, I charged the job seekers. And everyone said, you can't do that. They're unemployed. And I said, well, if they want to go to one of these big ones for free, they can. In fact, I put my competition on my website. I tweet their their job fairs all the time. It's free, you know, But and if you – want to go to one of those, that's completely fine. But you're going to be in a line with a few hundred other people, and you're not going to get very much time with 
the HR people. Instead, we had mine at a bowling alley. It's limited to 100 job seekers, and everyone got to meet everyone, and they bowled together, and we had contests, and it was just a lot of fun. People got jobs out of it. Um, I hired two of the people that happened to come to one of my job fairs, and it, it was it was um, very different. <laughs> that sounds good. What's uh, Abbott and Klein? Abbott and Klein is my PR marketing and sponsorship website. PR marketing, okay. And um, and then the one that is sponsorship events. What's that? Sponsorship events is when um, I have done a couple of these live events where um, I teach people how to actually do the sponsorship. It's a three-hour course, and I'm looking into automating it, but for right now I'm doing it live. I just had the uh, founder of Ugg Boots at the last one, and the reason Ugg Boots became such a big company is because of sponsorship. Right. And he said he was struggling and struggling. This is Brian Smith. He's also a speaker. And he was struggling with it until he finally went to some of the surfers and he said, what if I sponsor you and you wear my boots? <laughs> and they said, okay. And that was it. And that is when it took off. So he was a perfect speaker to talk about small business sponsorship. Wow, that's great. Uh, what's next for you? What what's you're, You seem like you're always thinking of new things. So what's some new things you have coming up for you? Well, I can't say what they are, but two of them are nonprofits. I have not mm. put a nonprofit into my portfolio yet. And by the way, if you watch Shark Tank, which if you're an entrepreneur, you have to watch Shark Tank. Yeah, Shark Tank. Huh? Yep, they talk about having portfolios each one uh-huh. of them, and it's a portfolio of businesses. And that's basically what the Money Garden is all about. It's about how to create a portfolio of businesses. So I have a product, I have services, I have membership sites, and I'm working on two of them that are nonprofits. Wow, that sounds good. i got to get that book and read it. It sounds like <laughs> it has. I like to learn. I like people who write books from what they've learned because I think you learn more that way than somebody just comes up with creative stuff and they've never done it themselves. I totally agree with you. I really do. I want to hear from so, someone who's been in the trenches. Right. So tell people how they can get in touch with you. They can get in touch with me. Uh, one way is info at speakersponsor.com. JulietCreativeInnovationGroup.com. I mean, you can go to any of the websites. I think that I have contact information on all of them. That's fabulous. I I just think this is just exciting. I like to. I think women can wear many hats because we're so organized. We we're multitaskers. Yeah, (laughs) I I think I I like the word we're multipreneurs. Yes. Good because word. We, yeah, because we balance many things. I do the same thing. I get up today and say, okay, what hat am I wearing? But uh, I, love, I, I love some of the things you're doing, and I'm so glad that we got to talk about it because I already can see 
quite a few people that I need to know, let them know about you that you they need what you have. Absolutely need what you have. And I also, love, you know, women networking is is a great a great thing. And also, the gal that I met with yesterday has a nonprofit, IVBCF. It's the Inland Valley Business Community Foundation. She could certainly um, use some some um, help from you. So we're getting okay. down to the end. Uh, would, what would you like? Is there anything last minute you would like to say to to our listeners? You know, I just think that you know the the word passion. You know, being passionate about something is kind of overused, but it really is true that you know I do work at least twelve hours every day, but I love what I do. So it never seems like work. And and if it ever does, you may be doing the wrong thing as an entrepreneur. Right. I feel that way too. Well, I want to let everybody know that I've been uh, interviewing Julie Austin, who is an award-winning author, inventor, and a multiple business owner. And I would love for you to get in contact with her. So, Julie, give them the best site to learn the most about you. Probably createforcash.com. Okay. Okay, www.create, and that's C-R-E-A-T-E, forecast.com. Well, Julie, thank you so much. I have learned a lot, and I'm going to be uh, talking with you uh, and sending you some information, and I'm going to direct people to you, and we will uh, get together very soon on what we talked about. Thank you, and you have a happy St. Patty's Day. You too. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye.